Back here on the Peter Egg Radio Show. Thanks to our friends over at Victory Christian Academy, educating children to understand the importance of moral character at the heart of everything that they do, understanding that their service to Christ and to other men through the name of Christ is the most important service we render here on earth. Now, you tell me how a life cannot be productive when that is your focus, when that is your center point and guiding principle. That's what separates a place like Victory Christian Academy apart from the government school system that is devoid, is, is separate from all of those foundational elements. They're doing great things over there. Check out their day school or their homeschooling network. You can also uh, utilize uh, Matt as a great sounding board on all matters educational. Uh, hoping to get him back in the studio soon. It's been a while since we've had Matt here and uh, always enjoy it when he hosts. But anyway, uh, Matt Turner and Peggy over there at Victory Christian. Check them out today, vcanights.com. Also, thanks to our friends at Century Villa, quality and affordable health care. You'll find them at 705 North Meridian Street in Greentown, Indiana. It feels like home at Century Villa. Before you make any final decisions about nursing care, make sure that you visit in person the folks over at Century Villa If this is a decision you're making about a family member, you need to see firsthand the way that the residents are treated. Talk to the residents who are there and get a firsthand account. And uh, I feel pretty confident that you're going to be going with Century Villa. They are that good. I've seen it myself. It's not not just a plug made from ignorance. It's one that I've seen myself. So the left has targeted Marco Rubio. And what is that critical issue that they decided to nail him to the wall? Uh, liberals have felt like they've been scoring really big points recently on trying to nail conservatives on the issue of protecting innocent human life. Is that what they went after? No, not this time. The critical issue that they decided to try to trip Rubio up on is that critical political question of the age of planet Earth. No, I'm not kidding. That is actually the question that they went after him on. An interviewer for GQ magazine, I'm reading now from Politico, an interviewer for GQ magazine asked the Republican, a Catholic and potential 2016 presidential candidate, how old planet Earth is. Now, let me just stop before I get to what Rubio said. What is the point of that question? What is the point of that question? To ask how old the age of the Earth is, what would make that come into the mind of an interviewer from GQ magazine? Unless, of course, the interviewer from GQ magazine has a predetermined agenda against Marco Rubio, has a predetermined sense that everybody who is a conservative must be a fool. And so what better way to make them seem foolish than to get them to say something silly about how the Earth isn't billions of years old? You can tell from the very question, this isn't an earnest reporter. Again, if this was a theologian, okay, then it'd be a legitimate question. But how many times over the last four years, nay, how many times over the last 40 years, has this issue been of critical importance in the White House? You know, I, um, I want to get to this in just a second. Remember, this is the left that always tells us how there should be no religious test for office. They seem pretty adamant about imposing a great number of religious tests. Their religious tests, of course, mean that you don't have religion. And if you do, if you do have faith, well, then you're disqualified. 
They throw out religious tests all the time, and this is a prime example. Now let me get back to the piece from Politico. GQ magazine interviewer asks him how old planet Earth is. Now Rubio's not the smart aleck that I am. Because I would have probably shot back something about... uh, I'm still finishing up some of my calculations back in the lab, so I'll have to get back with them. Rubio responded and tried to be polite. He didn't give a direct answer. But he suggested that children should be exposed to both scientific and religious theories. Rubio told the magazine, I'm not a scientist, man. I can tell you what recorded history says. I can tell you what the Bible says. But I think that's a dispute amongst theologians, and I think it has nothing to do with the gross domestic product or economic growth of the United States. I think the age of the universe has zero to do with how our economy is going to grow. I'm not a scientist. I don't think I'm qualified to answer a question like that. Now, would I love to have seen Marco Rubio out himself as a young earth creationist? Of course I would. But I don't have any problem with Rubio dodging this question, given what I know this question is. Anyone with the brain knows what this question was intended to do, and anyone with the brain knows exactly the giant circus that would have been created for the next four years if Rubio would have responded in a way other than the way that he did. This is a part of the strategy of the pseudo-intellectuals, the fake intellectuals on the left. It is part of their strategy to portray every conservative Republican as a backwoods idiot who has never cracked open a science textbook. That's what their whole goal is. It's part of, look, if it's not the war on women, it's the war on science, bleh, bleh, bleh. They want Rubio to fall into line with the laundry list of leading Republicans that they have through the years mischaracterized as buffoons and idiots and clueless hicks. I think it's pretty obvious from Rubio's response. He wasn't overly interested in spending the next four years fending off questions about religious doctrine. So he chose to dodge the question. Now, what's interesting, and about as surprising as the rising of the sun, what's interesting is that the folks reporting on this story over at Politico, shockingly, didn't give Marco Rubio the pass that they all gave Barack Obama when he claimed that the question of when a baby gets human rights is above his pay grade. When Obama said that, well, that's that's a great answer. It's very high-minded. It's philosophical. Nobody drilled him on that. So wait a minute. You're you're auditioning to be the leader of the free world. You're auditioning to be the the leader of a country that proclaims to champion human rights. You're auditioning to be the leader of a country that is founded upon the proposition that all men are created with the unalienable right to life. Not knowing when a person gets that unalienable right extended to them, it's kind of important. You can't be above your pay grade. Nobody pushed him on that. But, of course, that same media wasn't so willing to give Rubio a pass on a question about the age of the earth. Because this is the $64 million golden arrow silver bullet for the left. 
again, this is a movement that constantly harps about the fact that no religious test is to be offered for public office. Okay, they misinterpret what the founders intended with the religious test, uh, with the religious test ban, I should say. But that's what they're always telling us. Whenever, whenever you suggest um, that uh, a candidate should be questioned, you should be very cautious about whether or not to vote for them if they don't profess uh, faith in God. Whenever you suggest something like that, well, you're trying to impose a religious test. And we've talked about this before, but these same people love to use the age of the question or the, the age of the earth question as a religious test for determining who's qualified for the presidency or for public office. Chris Matthews wants to make it a required question at every presidential debate because in his estimation, as in the estimation of the entire godless left, it makes you a silly buffoon to believe that the earth is anything but 4.5 billion years old. And why? Because science has proven it so. Here's how Politico goes on to finish their write-up. And this proves exactly what I'm saying. Listen to what they write. The question of the Earth's age and its origins are an occasional flare-up in the culture wars. Using radiometric dating, scientists have determined the Earth is roughly 4.5 billion years old. But fundamentalist Christians hold that the Earth was created in six days, as detailed in the Bible. Now, what they don't go on to say is, that most fundamentalist Christians, those that hold to the fundamentals of the Christian faith, the inerrancy of Scripture, the infallibility of Scripture, most of those Christians recognize that a six-day literal creation would then necessitate a younger age of the earth, thousands of years, somewhere eight to 10,000 years. But don't you just love the way Politico says that? This is the classic hijacking of the word science that the left consistently employs. If you agree with their scientific interpretations, okay, they, they look at these dating techniques, they look at the uh, rock strata, and they come to a conclusion. They interpret the rock strata and the dating techniques and all of that. They interpret those things and determine through their interpretations that the earth is 4.5 billion years old. Now, if you agree with their interpretations, then in that sense, you agree with science. But Christians look at those same exact scientific finds. They look at the same rock strata, and they say this wasn't a little bit of water that created this giant canyon over a long period of time. This was a lot of water over a little bit of time. You, you see Christian scientists who are looking at the radiometric dating and saying, hey, what about the giant assumptions that your entire dating system is predicated upon, that you have no proof of, but you just assume it's true, and then you claim that this validates your original theory. And Christians say, we're going to trust something that was here at the beginning, the Word of God. He was there when it happened. So that seems a more reliable basis for our assumptions than the anti-God whims of a bunch of atheist scientists. They look at the same data, and they make a different scientific interpretation. But if you trust them, well, then you're trusting faith. This is downright silliness. The people who reject the 4.5 billion-year-old Earth, they understand that these scientists, 
who believe in a 4.5 billion year old Earth. Those scientists have an a priori commitment to extraordinarily long ages to the universe. You do understand why, right? You understand why they have ingrained billions and billions of years into the curriculum, into our science textbooks. Okay, they have a really, really hard time explaining how all life could have come from chemical compounds. It's impossible is the problem. Okay, they, they, they want to tell you that a bunch of inorganic material managed over time to organize itself in such a way that it came to life through abiogenesis. They want to tell you basically that if you take your Bible or your book and you shake up the letters and you dump them out onto the floor, that every so often you're going to come across words that are spelled out. And if you do that enough times, that's one way... As unlikely as it may be, you could create an entire chapter or entire sentences that way. And that was the beginning of life. No intelligence was needed, just random chance. Well, there's obvious problems with that, which we could get into, and we will another time. But even if you wanted to believe that wrong declaration, do you know the amount of time that you have to have at your disposal for dead stuff to somehow organize itself to become alive? And how all life came from a common ancestor. Do you know the kinds of unbelievably long amounts of time you have to have in order to make this untenable theory of how all life came from the same original ancestor? That, that fern trees and, and, and weeping willows, as well as dogs and cats, as well as human beings and chimpanzees, as well as protozoa, as well as uh, sponges that we all have the same ancestor? Do you know how long of a period of time you have to have? It has to be a preposterously long amount of time. And without it, their untenable theory that doesn't stand up even with the long amounts of time, it becomes simply impossible. So, in order to create these long long amounts of time, what do they do? They begin with some huge assumptions that they never acknowledge. They come to conclusions that radiometric dating confirms what they're saying. Well, sure it does. If you begin with their unproven assumptions. You know, look, it would be like this. It would be like me looking at the Grand Canyon and all of these rock layers that are there. And I walk up to it and say, I'm going to assume that this bottom rock layer right here, well, that is 4 billion years old. And the rock layer above that, that's 3 billion years old. And the rock layer above that, that's 2 billion years old. Okay, that's going to be my assumption. I have no proof for it, but that's going to be my assumption. Now, I've got this tree that's right there, this fossilized tree, as well as these creatures over here, and they're in the 2 billion year old rock layer. So how am I going to date those animals? Well, I'm going to assign them the age based on the rock layer. And I'm going to say, well, that creature that's stuck there in that rock layer, it's 2 billion years old. Well, how did I prove that? Well, I proved it because it appears in the 2 billion year old rock layer. But do you notice that I'm not acknowledging my original assumption? That I just assumed that that rock layer was 2 billion years old without any direct evidence to prove it? That is essentially 
what, what these atheist scientists do. When they do their radiometric dating, there are huge assumptions behind that radiometric dating that they never acknowledge, that they will never point out, that they will never admit. These are unproven assumptions, but then when they yield the conclusions, they just claim that the conclusions are accurate and radiometric dating confirms it. Well, sure, it confirms it if you assume that all of your conditions are proper. Let me Look, There's uh, we can get into the high weeds on this. I'm going to link, this is going to be our main story tonight at the website. And inside there, if you're interested in understanding the assumptions behind these scientists' radiometric dating, I'm going to link an article in there that, that explains it very, very well in layman terms. I'm going to suffice it to you real briefly here. These secular atheist scientists assume that, number one, they know the conditions at the time of the formation of these rocks. They don't know. Okay, They, they know how, how much radioactivity, yada, 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 was going on. They don't know, but they assume that they do. Secondly, they assume that no contamination has ever taken place in those rocks that they're dating. But they don't know that. They just assume it. And they assume that they can be sure of a constant rate of decay. That over time, this, uh, th- this decay that took place in the rock that they're dating happened at a constant rate. But they can't be sure of it. In fact, there's great evidence to suggest that it would not be a constant rate of decay. Yet, they just assume those three conditions. And then they go out and they prate on about how science confirms their view on the age of the earth. And then idiotic media types mock the alleged ignorance of anybody who doesn't recite their dogma like some cult-following zombie. You know, I kind of wish somebody like Marco Rubio at one point would would say something like this. This is from a great piece on radio radiometric dating by the group Answers in Genesis. Because nuclear decay has been shown to have occurred at grossly accelerated rates when molten rocks were forming, crystallizing and cooling, the radiometric methods cannot possibly date these rocks accurately based on the false assumptions of constant decay through Earth history at today's slow rates. In other words, because we now have a a much different environment than existed at other points in time, there is a very slow rate of decay right now, but we know there wasn't before. And yet the radiometric dating folks, because they want old ages, they continue to pretend that this decay rate has always been at this slow rate. Therefore, radiometric dating methods are highly unreliable and don't prove the Earth is old. Not at all. But here is a different measure. What about helium retention? A statistical analysis gives an estimated age for the zircons of 6,000 years, plus or minus 2,000 years. Now, what's interesting is that age, when you measure the age of the Earth based on helium retention, which is far more accurate than radiometric dating, that age agrees with the literal biblical history and is about 250,000 times shorter 
than the conventional age of 1.5 billion years for zircons. The conclusion is that helium diffusion data strongly supports the young Earth view of history. Wouldn't you love to see Marco Rubio say something like that? Can you imagine the looks on the faces of these pseudo-intellectuals who think they're smart? And they'll brag about how smart they are and how ignorant people that don't agree with an old Earth are. And they think they're smart simply because they regurgitate what a bunch of anti-God activists like P.Z. Myers and Richard Dawkins and, and, and Bill Nye, the anti-Christian guy, have told them. They, that's why they think they're smart. I would love to see Rubio or somebody just hammer him back with this stuff. But Rubio's right. He's not a scientist. I'm not either. That's why I have to quote from this. It's talking about helium retention and the age of zircons and all of this. But, friends, it all goes back to the assumptions. I've got something over here in the stack, too. I looked it up after I got this email. Do you know what obliterates what obliterates this billions-of-year-old earth, billions-of-year-old rocks, millions-of-year-old rocks? You know, you know what destroys that? It's a little something called carbon-14. I don't know if you've heard this before. I, I'm not going to have time to get into it in the next segment, but stick around because this is one of the most amazing realities that is never talked about. And you'll notice that these same eggheads that love to brag and prate on about how smart they are, they'll never bring it up. They'll never talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. They just want to mock those that don't agree with their, uh, with their cult. Thanks to our friends of Attaboy Productions Incorporated, like those over at Jay Watson Creations. 401 Rainbow Drive is where you'll find Jeff. 401 Rainbow Drive, custom jewelry from mild to wild. You want to get a great piece of jewelry for a loved one here around the holidays. Make sure you get over there soon because Jeff will get really busy around the holidays, so uh, you need to get your order in. It'll be something great, though. It'll be specially designed for your sweetie. Custom jewelry, mild to wild, Jay Watson Creations. Good friends of Attaboy Productions Incorporated, as are the folks at Hartman Family Farms. Maybe you're looking to purchase some farmland, but you don't know how to do it. You don't know where to go to do it. You don't know how the auctions work and all of that. Well, the Hartmans have been around this farming business for a long time. David's got over 40 years' experience. They'd love to talk to you about some of the auctions coming up, some of the land that might be available, and the potential that they might be able to farm that land for you. They're looking to expand what they're doing right now. A great family farm, family-owned and operated, and uh, looking to, uh, to expand in this area Maybe you guys could set up a relationship. 457-6697 is the number. 457-6697. Grab a break. Come back more on a Mailbag Wednesday right after this. Far be it for me, far be it for me to take away anybody's right to criticize somebody they disagree with. I, that's not what I'm interested in doing, of course. And far be it for me to try to deprive liberals the opportunity to mock and criticize a conservative for whatever reason they may come up with. And one of their favorite things to do is to mock them for not being very bright. Well, 
But let's be completely honest, completely consistent and fair. I look at the things that the left embraces, the philosophies that tax your way to prosperity, spend your way out of debt, or it embrace licentiousness and think it's going to make you more free as a society. I look at those ideas that the left espouses, and I think that those are radically dumb. So, I, I mean, I, I look at people like Barack Obama and shake my head and say, really, people think he's that smart? What exactly about him makes us think that he's that bright? So, look, I, I'm not going to try to deprive liberals the opportunity to criticize the intellect of conservatives. If I, as a conservative, criticize the, the intellect of those on the left, I, it's more power to you. You're prerogative. The only thing that I'm going to request, and I think it's fair, the only thing I'm going to request is that you apply your standards evenly, fairly, equally. If you're going to criticize a conservative for being dumb because he says something, if a liberal says the exact same thing, then they should be held to the same standard, don't you think? I mean, to me, it would seem fair. I was just pointing this out the other way around the other day, saying, look, if you're going to criticize... Uh, Joe Donnelly, for his uh, rape exception when it comes to abortion, well, then you have to acknowledge that Mitt Romney has the same one. Okay, so there's uh, there's a, a standard of consistency in the application of these things uh, that are that are significant, that are important, and it should be applied on both sides. So let's go back to the issue that the left is jumping all over Marco Rubio about. I did a quick Google search during the break. It has, it has picked up steam since I did show prep on this last night. More media, I guarantee you, MSNBC is going to be having a field day with this. I guarantee you, if Chris Matthews hasn't already talked about it, it will be dominating. And if it doesn't dominate his program, it's only for a time, and it's only because we're in the midst of the Thanksgiving season. And he may be taking some time off or whatever, and, uh, and programming will be a little different. That, that'll be the only reason. Because other than that, I guarantee you they're going to be all over this like stink on garbage. And they're criticizing Marco Rubio. If you missed the first hour, they're criticizing Marco Rubio because when he was asked how old planet Earth is, he didn't give a direct answer. I'm going to simply read to you the answer again so that you can see the ambiguity in the response that has led to criticism. Rubio tells GQ magazine that asked him the question, said, I'm not a scientist, man. I can tell you what recorded history says. I can tell you what the Bible says. But I think that's a dispute amongst theologians, and I think it has nothing to do with the gross domestic product or economic growth of the United States. I think the age of the universe has zero to do with how our economy is going to grow. I'm not a scientist. I don't think I'm qualified to answer a question like that. At the end of the day, which, by the way, is a phrase I hate, I think there are multiple theories out there on how the universe was created, and I think this is a country where people should have the opportunity to teach them all. I think parents should be able to teach their kids what their faith says, what science says. Whether the earth was created in seven days or seven actual eras, I'm not sure we'll ever be able to answer that. It's one of the great mysteries. 
Okay, so that, that was uh, Marco Rubio's response. Now, Politico jumped all over that and said, well, scientists have determined using, using radiometric dating that the Earth is 4.5 billion years old. But fundamentalist Christians say the Earth was created in six days as detailed in the Bible, which would mean it was a younger Earth. Now, that, of course, is a misstatement, as we talked about in Hour 1. Using radiometric, this is what the sentence should have said, using radiometric dating, which relies on some basic assumptions that are not proven or provable. Anti-Christian scientists say that the Earth is roughly 4.5 billion years old. Scientists who want to be able to justify their belief in Darwinism, who need billions of years at their disposal in order to not be laughed out of the room, they make some basic assumptions and use the dating system that relies on that assumption, those assumptions, to come to this conclusion. But fundamentalist Christians, who are also scientists, look at some scientific data, quite a bit of it, and say that the data, such as the helium composition, helium retention, is a clear indication that a billions-year-old Earth doesn't work. And I'm going to give you another one of those in the next segment. But you know the way that this is spun in the mainstream media. One side are scientists and the other side believe in fairy tales. And there's a lot of intellectual people that have bought into that, and they want desperately to be taken seriously. They want people to applaud them. They seek the applause of men. And you're not going to get the applause of men if you don't toe the line with what the Darwinists say. What the people that desire and need 4.5 billion years say. And so they go after Marco Rubio, and they criticize his intellect. Oh, I, he's playing this game. What a politician. He understands he can't offend his fundamentalist Christian base. And so he's got to throw them a bone. But at the same time, you know, why can't smart people just answer the question we all know the answer to? That's, that's the tack that's being taken here. All I'm going to say to you is, if you are going to criticize Marco Rubio for not giving a full-throated, big old Marco Rubio stamp of approval to the anti-Christian scientist view of a 4.5 billion year old Earth. If you're going to criticize him for being anti-science, you have to criticize, oh, a guy that I think you'll recognize here from 2008. Take a listen to the CNN Compassion Forum. This is right after he just got done telling everyone he didn't want his children his girls punished with a baby. This was the next exchange. If one of your daughters asked you, and maybe they already have, Daddy, did God really create the world in six days? What would you say? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we had this conversation. Um, <laughs> you know, what, I, what I've said to them is that uh, I believe that uh, God created the universe and that... Uh, the six days in the Bible may not be six days as we understand it. It may not be 24-hour days. Uh, and that's what I believe. You know, I know there's always a debate between uh, those who read the Bible literally and those who, who don't. Uh, and you know, that, I think, is a legitimate debate within uh, the Christian community. 
Did that sound like he was giving a direct answer? Does that sound like he's giving a full-throated endorsement to 4.5 billion years? Uh, he wasn't done, of course. He went on from that point. It's a debate going on the Christian community, he says. And then he continues. Uh, of which I'm a part. Uh, you know, my belief is, is that uh, the story that the Bible tells about God creating this magnificent earth uh, on which we live, uh, that that is... That is essentially true. That is fundamentally true. Now, whether it happened exactly as uh, uh, as we might understand it, reading the text of the Bible, uh, that you know, I uh, I don't presume to know. What he doesn't presume to know, but Mr. Obama, scientists have determined that the Earth is roughly 4.5 billion years old. Science proves and validates Darwinian evolution. Mr. Obama, how can you possibly say you can't presume to know? You're an intellectual. Don't you believe in science, Mr. Obama? Are you really going to play this balancing act between a made-up book of fairy tales and what science teaches? Isn't that a most interesting piece of audio? Do you suppose that Chris Matthews will apply the same level of scrutiny to Barack Obama's words? As he does to Marco Rubio's. Do you, do you think the left that's out there criticizing Marco Rubio the way that they are? For saying he's not a scientist and calling this one of the great mysteries. As they say, well, it's not a mystery at all unless you're an idiot. You suppose they're going to realize they're calling their beloved leader, Barack Obama, an idiot? I mean, Marco Rubio didn't even say what he personally believes. Barack Obama did. He said, I think the story of God creating the magnificent earth that we live on, that we enjoy, I think it's fundamentally true, he said. God created the earth and then goes on to say, maybe it didn't happen the exact way that we would understand reading the text. But that's not something I can presume to know. Who knew we had such an anti-science president, huh? Listen, as much as people want to strut around like little peacocks and pretend that they have all of the answers and that they have been able to prove all of these anti-God claims that show the Bible is nonsense and inaccurate, they can't. And all of their quote-unquote scientific evidence that disproves the notions set forth in the Bible all of that scientific evidence is all predicated upon some basic assumptions, sometimes in, in, in some cases many assumptions, that they cannot prove. In other words, ultimately it's based on faith. And your honest evolutionist, whether you're talking about cosmological, Big Bang type kind of stuff, or just the uh, molecules to men evolutionist or the, the monkeys to men evolutionist, whichever group you're talking about, the honest ones will acknowledge, ultimately, their belief is predicated upon a set of assumptions that are not provable. Now, I will acknowledge to you that ultimately, I wasn't there. I didn't see God create the world in six literal days. But here's what I do know. The best way to learn about history, the best way to understand some of these great mysteries, is to consult the history book of the universe, 
is to consult the book that has been proven repeatedly to have an otherworldly uniqueness and accuracy, consistency to it that cannot be explained by rational human means. It couldn't have been contrived. It couldn't have been something that's been altered and manipulated through time. All these arguments that people used to use, that through further study and research, have been completely obliterated. Every year we live, the Bible is proven to be more fascinating, more remarkable, more undeniably accurate and true in a, in a way that should send chills down the spine of every single human being because you recognize this is not a product from a mere mortal or group of mortals. If there is a God in the universe, the only way we could know the answer to some of these great mysteries that exist beyond the realm of our scientific understanding, the only way we could know them is if that God that existed decided to reveal that to us. Well, I believe he did at least reveal some of it to us, and he did it in the form of the Bible. Therefore, long before I turn to the boxed-in assumptions and guesses of mere mortals like Darwin and Spencer, or in our modern day, Dawkins or Myers or whoever else you want to throw in there, Hitchens, long before I trust their postulations and theories, I'm going to trust that revealed word of God I think it's a better foundation point for understanding history, for understanding, <clears throat> excuse me, understanding some of these scientific quandaries and great mysteries, as Marco Rubio called them. On his own, as Barack Obama said, man can't presume to know. The only way we can know is if God reveals the answers to us. And that's why true science doesn't contradict the word of God. It supports it. Is that true in the age of the earth? I've got a phrase that Marco Rubio should use, or even Barack Obama should use, the next time somebody challenges them on this question of the age of the earth. Just look at them and say, carbon-14, boys. Carbon-14. I'll explain to you what I mean. We come back next right here the Peter Hague Radio Show. You've looked for... You know, I've, I've, I've said before on the radio show, and I don't mean this as an insult, but I know some people take it that way, but I, I, I couldn't imagine being a liberal because of how miserable you would have to be. And, and I get liberals that say, I'm not miserable. I'm not miserable at all just because I understand that this country is a, a purveyor of violence and yada, yada, yada. I want to say, yeah, you don't sound miserable at all. I mean, look, if you're not miserable, great, don't be miserable. But just the entire mindset of the left and you listen to them and the things that they, the self-loathing that's part of it, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand why somebody would want to live that way. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. This is actually so ridiculous, it's funny to me. This Tulane professor uh, who's been given a program on MSNBC, I believe is just on the weekends, Melissa Harris-Perry, 
She teaches at a university, so that means, obviously, she has the liberal credentials to be allowed on MSNBC. She has this program, um, and she gives a um, she gives a Thanksgiving monologue that I can only describe to you as the single most depressing Thanksgiving monologue I have ever, ever seen. It didn't start off that way. She acknowledges that Thanksgiving is a uniquely American holiday where you can relax with the Macy's Parade, football games, and eat more food than you can imagine. That sounds nice, doesn't it? But then it's almost like, uh, you know, you needed to change in the background music to something sinister. Bum, bum, bottom, bottom. I mean, that's what you were waiting for because then she turns. And I'm just going to read to you some of this. Thanksgiving is not that simple. The kindergarten story that you learned about how grateful pilgrims and happy Indians was not even close to the historic reality of how European settlers brought violence, disease, and land theft to the indigenous peoples who were already in this land long before it was discovered. So she attacks the entire notion of Thanksgiving. Then she unleashes on Macy's. Nearly a half a million people have urged them to discontinue their relationship with Donald Trump, whose vicious, racialized attacks on President Obama's citizenship have continued unabated. Then she went after the NFL. Blasted America's unbridled enthusiasm for a post-pigskin fest. Thousands of players filed suit against the NFL this year based on claims the league hid information related to head injuries and permanent brain damage. Yeah, but at least you had your food left to be excited about, right? Nope. Because Perry jumped on that too. Millions of poor families in this country regularly go hungry. But then tried to say this. Enjoy your holiday while we embrace the agony and loss and injustice that undergirds our history. (laughs) They should put that on a commercial. For MSNBC, if that doesn't beautifully encapsulate the left's fake notion of of patriotism and rah-rah America, yeah, we love America. I mean, sure, we've got this brutal history of agony and, and the loss and injustice that undergirds us, but we still love America. I mean, what kind of a Thanksgiving message is this? Injustice, agony, loss, millions of poor people going hungry. Permanent brain damage and head injuries. Vicious, racialized attacks that continue unabated. Violence, disease, land theft. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) This is what you get from modern liberals. That's why I say I don't know what it would be like to be a a liberal and, and have this as my worldview and have this as my, first of all, just a completely distorted and misrepresented. This is what happens at universities. When they go to tell you uh, the story of America's history. Telling you that the Grateful Pilgrims and the Happy Indians is not even close to historic reality? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's not saying that there were never episodes of violence. Notice that there's no talk of the violence that was perpetrated against the Europeans. Um, There was disease, of course, that came across. But many times it was unintentional. And do we ever talk about the fact that the Indians introduced illegal drugs, cocaine and some of the others, to the settlers? 
land theft to a group of people that didn't even believe in land ownership. The problem came when a bunch of settlers believed, and I'm, I'm obviously generalizing this, believed that they were purchasing land and gave the Indians money or other products for the land, but the Indians, not really understanding what land ownership meant, didn't realize that meant that they were going to lose their tribal lands and their hunting grounds. Even though the settlers thought that that's what they had agreed upon, the Indians didn't get it, and so there was naturally conflict that came as a result of it. It's just... And and this whole condemnation of the European settlers, we are condemning them based upon a morality and an ethics system that we would not have had the European settlers not come here. These liberals smoking their peace pipe out there, they don't seem to follow that. Smoking their peace pipe, getting jobs at MSNBC and Tulane. So listen, do me a favor. Enjoy the turkey tomorrow and recognize the blessings that have been heaped upon this country as the greatest country in the history of the world. And yes, there are millions of poor families in this country that do go hungry. There's no doubting the fact that we have poor, but millions fewer than we would have amongst us if it wasn't for the generosity and the benevolence and the charity of the world's most generous civilization, the United States of America. It just is a total warping that these people give of our history. I want to give you one brief uh, history note about the pilgrims. We'll do it in the last segment. Let me thank first our friends over at Cartridge World. You'll find them right there in the Coles Plaza, right off of US 31 in Kokomo, Indiana. Swing by Cartridge World if you've got any printer cartridge needs or anything going wrong with your printer. Greg and his great staff over there can assist you. Whether it's toner, whatever it is that you need, Cartridge World stands ready to help you. No, I had something else to say about Cartridge World. i got to find this. It's in the... Okay, I'll find it. I'll find it for Monday. That gives me a few days. But definitely check them out and thank them for being good friends of Attaboy, the good people over at Cartridge World, ready to assist you with all of your printer needs. All right, let's snag this break. We'll come back. I'll give you one little tidbit about the pilgrims that you may not have heard. And you certainly aren't going to hear from Melissa Harris-Perry and her uh, Embrace the Agony spiel.